some of these things are simple, but they're not easy. And so one thing I would share for people just practically to be able to do is there's four points of connectedness typically in a day-to-day relationship. I know some people travel and sometimes there's not going to be that in your schedule. But when you wake up in the morning, when someone leaves for work, when someone returns from work home, and when you go to bed, those are four points of connectedness that if we could be more intentional with those transition times in our day-to-day lives, we could feel closer. Hey there, and welcome to Let's Work On This, podcast for all of us that have that inkling to do something different, be someone different or have something different. This podcast will introduce you to people who are just like you, people that have stuck their toe in the water and are still making their way towards their goal. They haven't crossed the finish line. They're still working on it, and they want you to know it's possible for you to get started too. I'm Ali Lopez, the ultimate researcher and lifetime learner who at 45 years old just discovered how imperfect action gets me closer to the life and the results I want. You've heard it before, and I will say it again. It's progress over perfection. Now join me, my guests, and connect with this community as we work on this. Today's uplifting conversation is with Christy Smith, a Christian marriage mentor, part of everything together with her husband, Ken Smith. And she really talks to us about how quick we are to criticize our spouse, how quick we are to not understand, and how hurtful it is to us and to them. She speaks to us about perspectives, not necessarily from the opposite side, but in her mentorship group, they have multiple married couples together. And you can learn from others when you connect while you're working on it. So great tidbits in here for you, for those of you that might be struggling. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Christina. Do you go by Christina or Christy? Uh, You can call me either one, but Christy's good. Okay. Tell me how you got into being a marriage mentor. Where did this all start? And really, is it because you wanted to work on your marriage? Honestly, we had been, my husband, Ken and I, uh, who have now been married for 19 years, we had been through a lot of ups and downs, and this was never something we planned to do, but just based on our own experiences of seeking help, seeking mentoring, getting counseling, different bouts throughout the years of the ups and downs of our marriage. Just a couple of years ago, we really felt strongly called to share our story and to share the equipping that we received to help, you know, others along in their journey. What is your story? Well, like I said, 19 years married, but when we got married, it it was pretty clear. We already knew we were opposites, but opposites attract, right? (laughs) but we were just so different in so many ways and as we are to this day. But for the first several years of our marriage, we struggled. We never saw each other as like being on the same team. We just fought against each other all the time. 
and about seven years in when I kind of reached a point where I was like, I cannot live this way anymore. <laughs> you are driving me crazy. I reached out for some marriage therapy and the woman, the first thing she said to me on the phone was a real gut check. She said, we're called to love our spouse unconditionally the way that God loves us. And I was like, oh, but he is so annoying and frustrating and I can't stand the way that he, you know, handles adversity and, you know, just her, his perspective on things. So it was a gut check. I was like, she's right. I'm judging him and criticizing him and not accepting him for who he is and how he's wired. And, you know, we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. So that was kind of the beginning of the craziness, but we, you know, we've had a lot of different help along the way. And our story now is that we feel very fortunate to have been equipped and to have some practical applications in our marriage and in our day-to-day life to be able to love one another well, to be accepting of one another despite our differences And again, to encourage others that you don't have to be struggling, fighting against one another, you know, you can see each other as being on the same team. So, I mean, this has been a process for you guys that you've been working through, I guess. If you reached out to somebody seven years after being first married, this is a 12-year, I don't want to call it battle, but it's definitely a 12-year journey that you guys have been on. If there was somebody listening today that she recognizes maybe the judging, was there one thing that just made you say, what What was the one thing that said, this is it, I got to talk to somebody about him making me crazy? You know, like, are you guys the first place you should send people, bring them to, or should it be individual? Do you think people need to go to individual therapy first? Or, um, I mean, I don't think there's so many people struggle. Right. I don't think there's really one right way order. I think that what we need to realize is that relationships take work and time and intentionality, just like taking care of our body, just like, you know, keeping up with our home and taking care of our car so that it keeps running and doing the things that we need it to do to get us from point A to point B. I think that specifically with our marriages, often we take it for granted and we just get busy and we're running and we're going and we're doing and we're crossing, you know, we might be passing like ships in the night, you know, schedules are crazy and we're not super intentional about working on it, taking the time to have conversations about those, you know, maybe problem solving or specific communication or you know, how you're feeling lately and how can I support you? So, you know, I don't think it has to be one-on-one therapy. The couple-to-couple therapy that we do, like the mentoring, is so helpful because you have multiple perspectives. You know, I I would say definitely go talk to a therapist and do the one-on-one. That's super important. But the couple-to-couple is very unique and it helped us tremendously And we see the fruit of it meeting with couples because, you know, we just have different perspectives. And usually, like, interestingly, I can relate with the male in the other relationship and his kind of personality. And the female is more wired like my husband, Ken. And it just helps relatability, you know, 
So I would just say for anyone listening to, you know, don't try to do it alone. We're all struggling and we all have, you know, relationships, not just our marriage, but, you know, coworkers, in-laws, siblings. What we teach is practical tools for all relationships, truly. We focus a lot on marriage, but, you know, all relationships take grace and, you know, compassion and empathy and all of the things that we can all grow in. Okay. Well, grace and empathy. But I think the, the word intentional has come up quite a bit so far in our conversation. If I was someone who is feeling the frustration and I hear what you're saying about creating an intentional intentional time, intentional things, what what are three things that I could do with the right intention of creating that new team environment or that new new bridge to someone, to my husband who has pushed me over the edge and made me crazy. (laughs) Especially. (laughs) Yeah. Like what, what were some of the intentional things that you did with your husband before you guys got to where you are, where you realized, okay, I can't change him. That's not what I want to do, but I can change how I react to him or how I speak to him. Or how I love him. What, what were some of the intentional things? Well, that's definitely the, the thing that it came down to for me. And I think it has to come down to for each of us is the self reflection, self awareness. Like, what is God trying to teach me about me and how I'm showing love and support and care? Because, you know, people tend to be more what's the word reciprocating, you know, when your needs are met, you're going to be more willing to meet someone else's needs. And it starts a a more healthy cycle that often we get stuck in this rut of, well, he's not doing that for me. So I'm not going to do that for him. And we get in this rut. So that was the first point for me was just turning to myself on what do I need to do? How can I change? You know, I can't change him. So how can I love him better? How can I support him more? And that's why the mentoring that we do and that we went through nine years ago with our mentor talks about relational needs and understanding yourself and how you feel loved. And once you can identify that and then you can learn healthier ways to communicate that need to your partner or to, you know, your friend or your mother, whoever the relationship is you're trying to improve, it just, you know, it can go a lot better. So I have a high need for attention. And if my husband is on the phone scrolling and not giving me the attention that I need, or, you know, he's just doesn't really care about the coffee date that I just had or the book club that I just went to, and he doesn't want to hear about it, or he's not making time for me, I can feel you know, not valued or not important because he's not giving me that attention. So being intentional looks like him learning and understanding that's a need for me and me understanding that and being able to communicate it in a healthy way. And now he knows when Christy goes to a book club and she gets home, she's going to want to talk to me about that book club. She's going to tell me who's there, how was the conversation, what kind of food was there, like all the things. And he now knows that and we can have like a conversation when I get home about it 
if, you know, again, timing is another important thing. So sometimes when I oh, walk yeah. in the door, he's in the middle of something. He's just got off a call and he's kind of frazzled. It's not a good time for me to just sit there and spill for 10 minutes about this, you know, book club that he really doesn't care about. <laughs> so timing is huge. And also sometimes we have unrealistic expectations of our spouse. They they do meet our needs, but they're not ever going to be able to meet our every single need. So I have friends and family that I can call that will listen to my story about the book club. And that meets a need for me and fills <laughs> my cup, you know, and I can tell them all the details. So when I get home, we might get into dinner mode, catching up about things. And then, you know, maybe later when there's a moment in time, he can say, Hey, babe, you know, did you want to tell me a little bit about your book club? How did that go today? And, you know, it's just expectations. I think managing expectations would be one. Two would be timing of conversations. And three would be just expressing ourselves in a healthier way. Instead of me saying, you never listen to me. You don't care about anything that I do. And you're always so busy or scrolling on your phone. That's me attacking him criticizing him and complaining, which is not helping the situation get better. So rather than Mm -hmm. than do that, I could say, hey, babe, I could even send a text. I'm going to be getting home from the book club and it's been a lot of fun and I would love to tell you about it. Can, Can we set aside five to 10 minutes to talk when I get home? And then he can kind of have time to prepare and process that he will, you know, make that time. And he's going to be much more receptive to doing that than to me just like barreling in, you know, with my story. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, but that's, that's what we do as women. We barrel in with our story. It's so hard to not barrel in and want to share your joy with the person that you've decided to spend your life with, you know, like you want them to enjoy that with you and be excited for you just like you feel excitement for them when they have that thing that they want to tell you about that you don't really care about. You fake it till you make it, right? Exactly. So here's a tool that we recently learned at a marriage retreat we went to. There's an author named Ted Lowe. The book is called Us in Mind. And um, he gave this amazing practical tool that we immediately started applying in our own relationship as well as teaching others in our date nights that we host. It's uh, practicing empathy because my husband, for example, will admittedly say, I am not an empathetic person. Like I just not, he just wants, he's responsibility driven. He wants to get things done. He's not super relational with, you know, certain things. And he, he doesn't necessarily care about the book club. And I don't necessarily care about the football game or the basketball game that he wants to talk about. But the goal is closeness. The goal is oneness. The goal is unity in our marriage. So if we want to be close to someone, then we have to make the effort to care. And so the tool is called, I see you, I get you, I got you. And it's based on the scripture, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so you literally have questions that you can ask your spouse and you take turns on the positive side. I would say, babe, what is something, one thing that I can celebrate with you today? Why is that special to you? And how can I 
celebrate it with you. And then the, on this downside, it is, what is something concerning you right now? And why is it so concerning? And how can I let you know that I've got your back? So I see you. I'm hearing what is you're, you're celebrating or you're praising. I get you. I'm listening to why it's important to you, why it's special, why it's concerning. And I've got you. I'm asking how I can support you, how I can be in it with you. How can I celebrate with you? And that has been a tremendous tool for us and for other couples applying it because we don't naturally do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not a natural conversation you're going to have. I think we as spouses, as women especially, are, have a natural curiosity about the things that our husband's working on or how his workday went or things. And I think, well, maybe it's just me. I want to know that stuff and feel part of his world and sometimes we can be intrusive in how we're asking that when we want to be a, a part of the world and I think this I see you I got you I get you helps us reframe getting into their space right kind of the way that you address it and well and also sometimes we again we receive love you know we we often show love the way that we receive it right like I, I'm an affectionate person, so I might show a lot of affection, but he might not have a high need for affection. So that's not really meeting his need. So one thing is, you know, we're all always making bids for connections somehow, some way, and often we just miss it or we dismiss it. So the, one of the examples that Ted Lowe gave that day was about the yard work. Like, you know, the husband might take care of the yard and trim the trees and water the plants. And he may make a comment like, got the yard looking great today, trimmed all the bushes, you know, everything's looking really good. And she might just be like, okay, great. Yeah, whatever. You know, it just, it may just go by her like big deal. You did the yard. I did dishes, laundry, ran the errands, took the kids <laughs> to school. Like I did all these things. What did, you just did the yard. But it's a boy. It's important for him. So he's making that statement because he wants the affirmation. He wants the appreciation. He wants the acknowledgement. Like, yeah, you did. I noticed that. It looks really good, babe. Great job. And likewise, if you just did a major bargain shop at Kohl's and you saved like $83.27 on, you know, school clothes, back to school clothes for the kids. And he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. You went shopping. You spent a lot of money. But you're trying to make this bid like I, you know, intentionally saved us money and worked on this. And, you know, our kids need clothes for back to school. So it's really just trying harder to care about the things that they care about, even though it's not necessarily your number one thing. Because, again, the goal is closeness, not conflict. I feel like if how can we incorporate that in our everyday you know, I feel like that kind of adds to our mental load of I've got to meal plan this, got to make sure the kids have their thing here. Work is this. It's not going to be perfect every day, right? Do you have a reminder that you encourage couples in your in your mentorship? Like every day is not going to be perfect. But if you can think of one thing every day to get on the goal, with your bids and all that stuff, what what would you say to how could you encourage them? 
some of these things are simple, but they're not easy. And so one thing I would share for people just practically to be able to do is there's four points of connectedness typically in a day-to-day relationship. I know some people travel and sometimes there's not going to be that in your schedule. But when you wake up in the morning, when someone leaves for work, when someone returns from work home, and when you go to bed, those are four points of connectedness that if we could be more intentional with those transition times in our day-to-day lives, we could feel closer. There's so many times that we miss, you know, relationships are struggling, not because of the big, huge blowups and the big, huge craziness. It's the little things that matter. And if you start having those little moments of, hey, babe, I made your coffee or just a kiss before you walk out the door to go to work or a kiss when you get home or a hug when you get home. Hey, I'm really tired. I've had a crazy day. I need 10 minutes to decompress before I engage with everybody. But I loved you. Here's a hug. I missed you. You know, we don't go to bed at the same time. So it means a lot to me if he comes up from his cave and playing video games and tucks me in and kisses me on the forehead and says, good night. I love you. Like that means a lot, but it doesn't happen all the time. We know it's an important thing and it's a small thing that he could do easily, simple, right? But it's not easy because we get selfish. So that would be my thing. Think about the points of connectedness in your day-to-day life, mornings, departures, arrivals, those transitions. This is important for our kids too, right? Like we give our kids hugs and kisses when they arrive through the door, like Mm -hmm. our spouses deserve that too. And then the one other reminder, I would say our fifth session with couples, we talk about having a weekly marriage meeting. You can call it a couples meeting or a huddle or whatever you want to call it, but prioritizing one hour of time for the two of you to talk about your week, about your heart, what's going on. You could do the, I see you, I get you, I got you in that conversation You can talk about your schedule coming ahead. Like, when do we have a window? Could we get a date night in this week? But if we take that weekly time to schedule it and really focus, it will help us be more intentional with the things that we have coming up that week versus just the coming and going. Oh, you got the kids today? Okay, I've got this. Oh, you're going to work here? Okay, I've got a meeting. And, you know, we need to just have those checkpoints. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think I've never heard of the four points of connectedness before and how, like you said, it's easy to do. It's simple, but it's not easy. But I think how easy it is for me to do these things with my children. Good morning. I I got you your waffles in the toaster. When they leave for school, hugs, you know, when they get home from school or when I pick them up. The reaction that I have to seeing them and saying, oh, I missed you today. I brought you donuts at school pickup, you know, just those things. And then when they go to bed, my kids are 12 and I tuck them in. They probably will hate me for saying that, but I let them know that they're safe, they're loved, and I'm connecting with them. But these are not the things that I do in my marriage. But it's right. it, it could change so much if I incorporate 
everybody's talking about habit stacking. If I could incorporate these things in my already habits, then that right. could change my connectedness that I feel. Right. Yeah. We, they shared that with us. Julie Baumgartner at Windshape is a marriage retreat place down in Georgia. And we had heard it in, in the form of like daily transition times in a another like therapy session years ago. But she used the example of her golden retriever and how, you know, the golden retriever greets you at the door and tails wags like, hey, hey, Jay, you're home. Yay. I'm so glad you're home. And like, it feels so good. And so she kind of did it exaggerated, uh, you know, for her husband once, like the dog does. And he was like, okay, this is a little much, but I like it. You know, like it's <laughs> nice to be seen and received. And, you know, that's, that's a point of connection that we are sometimes just missing on the daily. Like you said, you're doing it with your kids and it's coming more naturally there to maintain that closeness and that bond and that connection but we've just kind of taken that marital relationship more for granted and like well they're here yeah see you later talk to you later I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know like we have to change our mindset and like you said incorporate those habits just as we do to take care of our body to go to the gym and to eat properly and things like that So you have mentioned a couple of times you guys are mentoring couples in person or are you guys doing, do you do mentorship online privately? Tell us about how you and Kenny are helping couples now. Okay. Yeah. Everything together, our ministry, our primary program is the couple to couple mentoring And we do meet face-to-face five consecutive weeks, but we also have met via Zoom. Again, five consecutive weeks is uh, usually beneficial for uh, the consistency. And like I said, it's kind of building blocks that people are learning. We ourselves were mentored uh, via Skype back in the day. There wasn't Zoom yet. So, you know, it can be done. It's nice to be in the room and be present, but I mean, I remember our mentors like leaning forward to the camera and saying, now, Ken, Christy's getting a little upset. Would you, could you put your hand on her shoulder and could you just comfort her right now? Like he literally like walked us through challenging moments. And the the type of class that we do, though, it is more of a class. We do a lot of the teaching and you go home and self-reflect and kind of go through the participant guide. And the couples don't do a whole lot of the talking and sharing until like session four and five. And, you know, so it's different than going to a therapist where you're like, he said, she said, working through all of your past problems. We like to meet people where they are now and help give them tools for how they can improve and grow from there. So yeah, both in person and online, we do date nights, five great dates, five Fridays in a row. We host, you know, around town, but that's also a book. If someone wasn't in the greater Louisville area that they could buy the 10 great dates book, we simply selected five of them because it's easier for people to commit to doing five you know, weeks in a row for a program. And Mm -hmm. it's also easier to look for something in your local community and your church that is doing events and enrichment and workshops and retreats, because I can't tell you how many books and devotionals and marriage things that we have that we've never done over the years. We've bought the book. We've talked about reading it together. 
or he might do the devotional and I don't, or then I do one and he doesn't. And it's just easier when you get in plugged into a group or a community because, you know, that's one of the biggest struggles I think that we're all facing is we're busy and we're distracted and we're trying to kind of do it alone and we're isolated. But the point is, you know, ask for help, seek help, talk to a friend, talk to, you know, um, someone at the church or in your gym class and like share your struggles. We're all, you know, we all need each other and we can all encourage each other through the ups and downs. I think that's where a lot of us get stuck is we have that friend that will call and complain and complain and complain. But that friend or we don't know where to turn. We don't know if that marriage therapy is what we really need because we know what the need is. It's that's connectedness. Are are you linked up with other mentors, marriage mentors in other states that are doing something similar to what you guys are doing or um, primarily here in Louisville, there's several marriage ministries we're familiar with. Family life is a huge resource for married couples. They also have a tremendous wing for blended families and they have incredible resources for blended families through family life ministries. The art of marriage is a great that's getting ready to come out. I've got mine on pre-order, but mostly down in Georgia where the Windshape Retreat is, I referred to, we get equipping and work with people there. But, you know, it's a great need. And so I think that you will see more and more opportunities popping up and people trying to help couples, you know, just put these important practice things into practice. Yeah. Do you and Ken have a website or this course that you mentioned that you send home with your five great dates groups and, you know, they do this stuff at home. Is there a place for people to get that from you? Where can, where can people get these resources that you and Ken have already started? Can they get them from you? Do they need to reach out to you? Uh, they totally could. We have a website. It is uh, www.everythingtogether.org. Um, and we have social media, you know, same thing, everything together on Facebook and Instagram. The dates book is available. David and Claudia Arp is the 10 great dates. The content that we teach for the five week of mentoring is something that our mentor kind of developed over time. He's been doing this parachurch ministry teaching people how to do relationship for 25 years. And his daughter finally said, you've got to get this on paper because, you know, this is a legacy and we need to be able to share it. And so we were using his workbooks and we've kind of been building on that and developing it. So it's not exactly something that we hand out or make available or sell to people at this point. But, you know, it's just a guide that kind of goes through the sessions if they wanted to do you know, the, the virtual sessions with us. Oh, okay. So the let's work on this premise of this podcast, what's the most important part to work on? I think it's ourself. I mean, it's hard, but when I was listening to a married life, family life podcast recently, they were like, what is the number one issue in marriages and they they've done research obviously um and people would say communication busyness you know conflict all of these things but really it's selfishness 
because we all want what we want. We want things to go our way. We want to do things our way. We like our preferences. And it is very difficult to think of others first. But our ministry mm-hmm. focuses on love God and love others. You love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? It's literally every human on this earth. <laughs> and sometimes the one closest to us mm-hmm. are the hardest to love. So it's really just work on yourself first. How can I grow? What do I need to do? Is there something that I can do to meet his needs that will help build him up? You know, that will help him become the man that God wants him to be and live in his potential because we're a huge part of that. We literally work are created as equals to be that partner, to be that helpmate, to do life alongside our husband. And they need us to help them breathe life into their, you know, sales for them to feel like they're able to do things and be confident and conquer, you know, they need our encouragement. They need our support. And sometimes I think that's how the enemy gets in is we are having our needs met. And so we end up being withholding our love or affection or, or our attention or appreciation towards them. And then that's keeping them from meeting the potential of the man that they could be becoming. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. It's not easy. It's not easy. Like I said, because I always tease everybody like I'm easy to live with. I don't know what he's talking about. Like <laughs> he's the one that's hard to live with, but for uh-huh. him, not easy to live with. And for me, he's not easy to live with. So we just have to learn you know, you don't expect to meet in the middle, but come a step closer to each other. You know, like he doesn't like to do a lot of activities and he's a homebody and I could do all the things all the time. Mm, So, you know, as far as working on yourself, I have to sacrifice sometimes. I have to be humble and say, you know, my husband wants some quiet time home alone with the family. And I'm going to have to say no to something that I would kind of like to do because that meets a need for him. And I want to be close to him and I want him to feel loved and like I want to be here with him. And then there's other times that he has to meet me a step closer and say, well, I don't really want to go to that event, but it's important to you and I will go to it with you. Or sometimes we just agree I'm going to the event and he's staying home and that's perfectly okay. We're each mm-hmm. doing something that we want to do, and he, res- I respectfully, you know, let him stay home and don't, you know, make a big deal about it like I used to do. And he allows me to go and doesn't make a big deal about it. Was there anything I'm that we didn't to get to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think one of the last things that I've seen and heard from a lot of people that have gone through our sessions that have made them feel a lot closer is actually prayer. You know, people who have been together for 16 years and never really prayed together and it's kind of uncomfortable and awkward, but we really try to encourage couples to do it because it's such an intimate thing and it's so powerful And even if you just take the first step in you personally praying for your spouse, but eventually like trying to take the step to saying a prayer together, 
one line. Doesn't have to be a big deal. Could be in the morning. Lord, we need you today. Be with us in our day as we go about our, you know, jobs and activities. But that would be one of the number one takeaways that we have heard personal testimony from couples say praying together has changed everything and has brought us so close. Wow. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> That's how we get close to God is prayer. So, you know, it's a way to get closer to yourself as well. A hundred percent. Well, Christy, I, I have to say thank you for taking the time today. If you send me a little bio, well, never mind. Christy, thank you for coming on and talking to me about how to work on my marriage. Let's work on this together. Where can everybody find you? Everything together on social media, on Instagram, and on your website. Exactly. And we would love to help encourage anyone who needs it. We're passionate about it because the things that we've learned and have been taught have changed the way that we, you know, do life together. So we love to share it. Listen, after 19 years, I mean, I know year seven, probably year 10, and year 15. There are serious struggles because you're changing as a person. You're growing, you know, like age, things that matter to us when we were younger don't matter to us as we get older. And your spouse changes, too, after all this time. And you're going to hit really big bumps at some years. So it's really important to know how to, to come back to one another. This exactly. Is, I think that's what we yeah. all need to know, that it will get better. It, you're going to have slumps. You're going to have struggles. But, you know, you need healthy community around you, and it will get better. It's it's not going to stay that way forever. So, yeah. Oh, thankfully. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm, thank you so much for today. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy to share. Hey, thanks for listening and joining us today. I hope there were a couple of inspiring moments for you and you realize that if you don't quit, if you keep trying, you'll obviously get a lot farther than if you give up. You might also be an inspiration to someone else. Always know that I am here for you. I am your biggest cheerleader. You've got this. So if you're looking to connect with someone in an area where you're working on, send me a request and I'll do my best to get them on the show. You are worth it all. See you next time.